you allow him to turn the corner, mama, there goes that man. Puts up the shot. It's good. Kyrie Irving. Oh, if you don't like that, you don't like NBA basketball. Oh, boy. Welcome, everyone, to the First Pick Podcast, your source for NBA news-related content. Thanks for listening. Welcome, everyone, back to another episode of the First Pick Pod, back-to-back episodes. Hope you guys heard previous episode that came out yesterday. I went over, essentially, what type of contracts are during free agency, because if you didn't know, it's free agency week this week. July 1st is the first day of free agency. We're finally going to see player movements. We're we're finally going to see who goes where. All these rumors are finally going to come to light, and we're going to see where your favorite player might end up going. Now, in the past episode, as I mentioned, I talked about different types of contracts. I mentioned the unrestricted free agents, restricted free agents. I mentioned non-guaranteed contracts and all. But now we got to get to who is what, who is going where, and what names are even on the market this year. Now, this free agency class is very slim pickings, I like to say. You can kind of tell there's a good three guys and then there's a big fall off after. Now, it's it's fine, but I do think that teams, because of the new CBA, which I didn't really explain last, so I'm going to explain a little more into depth here. But with the new CBA, teams are being really stingy with their money. They're not just going to be handing it out to anyone. And we're going to see a lot of teams cheap out on certain players. And I think we're going to be pretty surprised to see what players sign for. Guys that we didn't think would go for the minimum are probably going to go for the minimum guys that we didn't think would go for the mid-level exception will probably go for the mid-level exception it's just that's how this market has been playing out this summer completely different from last summer where we saw Rudy Gobert get traded for five first round picks but you know I, I just feel like this summer everyone's taking a step back and I feel like everything is at a discount so and especially with this free agency class not really being the strongest you could even maybe see some overpays for some certain guys we'll just see so before I mention the players that are in free agency, I gave a top 10 of players that have options, players that have team options, and just outright unrestricted and restricted free agents. The new CBA is essentially the collective bargaining agreement. It's just essentially the rules that the NBA teams have to abide by. Now, a lot of teams are technically preparing for this. That's why we see these trades, as I mentioned yesterday, the John Collins, the Jordan Poole for Chris Paul trade. You just see a bunch of teams and they kind of just sit back and they really just want to be prepared for when that new salary cap comes in and these new rules come in and such. Now, I want to do a quick plug. Remember, guys, to follow the Instagram at the underscore first pick pod and the Twitter at capital T first pick pod. So just T first pick pod on Twitter. If you can't find the Twitter Head on over to the Instagram at the underscore first pick pod and just click the link tree in the bio. It's going to send you to this website and it has a bunch of different links. It takes you to the first pick podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, SoundCloud, and it even sends you a straight direct page to the Twitter. So hit the follow button on Instagram and Twitter, subscribe on YouTube, but on the social, specifically Instagram and Twitter, I post updates, who's opting into contracts, who's opting out of contracts, who's actually going to be a free agent come July 1st, and who got offered a qualifying offer and such. I I want you guys to be in the know, so that way when July 1st hits, we're going to be sending off a bunch of posts (laughs) 
of who going where and what's happening here and there. So I really want to get into this free agency list. And let's start with the top 10 players that I have based on player options. Number one is James Harden. The deadline for player options is this Thursday. And James Harden still doesn't know what he's doing. I think he is the only player. I think, one, he's probably the best player in free agency. I love Kyrie, but I feel like he is probably... I feel like James Harden is the biggest name that could be on the move, this free agency. I think that James Harden is just down to two teams. I think it's between Philadelphia and I think it's between the Houston Rockets. Now, by all means, they just selected Amen Thompson in the draft and Cam Whitmore. That is a phenomenal draft class that you got in. You have KPJ, you have Jalen Green. Is there really a point in bringing in James Harden? Now, as I mentioned yesterday's episode, Houston has almost $60 million in cap, so they'll just offer him a contract. But then again, almost anyone I name will be linked to the Houston Rockets. So I do think that Houston is going to be a potential landing spot for James. Now that we talked about James Harden, I want to pivot to someone that I think is probably going to end up staying, Chris Middleton. I think he opted out of that contract. It was a lot of money he opted out of, but I think he just opted out of that contract because I think he knows he's getting up there in age. I think he knows the Bucks have a winning formula. Although I do think it gets expensive, and I do think there could be a chance they lose another guy I'm going to name later on. I do think that Chris Middleton ends up staying in the Milwaukee Bucks only because I do think that he just knows that it's a, it's a winning formula there. Next is Fred Van Vliet. Now, this is a guy who I don't think is coming back to Toronto. I also don't know what direction Toronto is really going. Now, I do think July 1st will be a very key indicator on what they do. I also said that about the draft, and I was completely wrong. They have a bunch of tradable assets. Gary Trent opted in. They essentially are running it back, but without Fred Van Vliet. And in the draft where they needed a point guard, they drafted Grady. Now, I love Grady as a player, but he's a shooter, and he can't really be on ball as much. So who did you plan on, like, running the offense now there's been reports scotty barnes at point guard and yes i think that can work but i think you're just going the same route that the bucks tried to do with Giannis and run him at point guard and it worked for a couple of games but a couple of long stretches but is that something that you see as a viable option your whole like season like for his future i i don't think so um but nevertheless fred van vliet i think It's been reported Houston is interested, Orlando earlier last year, and I'm a firm believer that rumors that happened a year ago and teams couldn't come to fruition, they tend to bring it back and try to see if they can make it happen again. I think Orlando is a spot. They have cap space. Houston, another spot. Personally, me, I would probably choose San Antonio just because they have Victor. They need a point guard. Obviously, you want to bring back Trey Jones, and that's option number one. But I would I wouldn't be mad at Victor next to Fred Van Vliet just for the the meanwhile. I think Victor is so good that they can probably compete for a tenth spot. I think they can probably compete for a playing team. And if you had a Fred Van Vliet, I feel like that only puts your chances more up there. You know what I'm saying? Next, another player that opted out was Draymond Green. This was kind of expected as well, but if we were doing this episode about a week or two ago, I would say Draymond could leave. But now that they traded Jordan Poole and 
they essentially traded his big contract in order to clear the books. I think Draymond slots right into that. Whether however long his deal is, that's I don't know. I do think that there is a chance that he can only sign like a one plus one, lining him up with Clay Thompson and then their free agents next year. I think that can maybe happen, but I, I do think he wants to line up his contract with Steps. And there's been reports that he wants over a hundred million. And then there's teams that think that they can pry him away from Golden State. We hear that Damian Lillard's dream acquisition is Draymond Green, which Dame is a completely different story. I don't I don't really know what else has to happen for him to tell Portland like I'm out, but I guess if that's what he wants, he wants an eight point per game, solid defensive guy that can hopefully, I don't know, change him into a playoff team. Next is Kyle Kuzma. This is another guy that's behind James Harden that I think could be on the move. Kuzma has really developed his game from his Laker days. He's really flourished into his own player. He can score on all three levels. He's a tremendous volume shooter. He has good size on the wing. He's a good rebounder. He's a capable defender. He's won a championship. He's done his dues in Washington. I think a rumor that's been really catching steam right now is Kyle Kuzma to Sacramento. Now, Sacramento on draft night opened up $27 million in cap space. A couple weeks before or that week of, there was reports that Kuzma wants around 20 to $30 million in free agency. And I'm assuming Kyle Kuzma wants to win basketball. Kyle Kuzma loved when he played in L.A. He loved California. Come back to the Pacific Division and be the starting small forward on the past number three seed. I think that's a perfect situation for him. Obviously, um, you worry about his shots because you have De'Aaron now and you're sharing the ball with DeMontis. And the Sacramento really runs like a team-oriented ball. You really wonder he's going to now from a team like Washington who asked him to be a top two scorer to now being maybe the third and maybe on even some nights when someone else is hot, a fourth option. That's just, to me, I still think he can provide your 17 points per game in that role because he'd essentially be taking the Harrison Barnes role. But I don't know. You just And then you question the defense there, but you hope that Keegan Murray takes a step up. You hope that... Whoever you start in your two guard, which will most likely be Kavon Herter still, he can step up. You just wonder about that. But I, I do like the fit of Kyle Kuzma in Sacramento. I think that's really the only team in the running. Maybe Indiana and the Cavaliers can get in the running with the sign-in trade and stuff. But it gets really more difficult. And I feel like Sacramento can really just sign him outright as a free agent, multi-year deal, lock him in with that core. And I think last year in the playoffs, they needed a guy that can go get a bucket that wasn't De'Aaron Fox, and I think Kyle Kuzma can definitely do that. Next is Jordan Clarkson. We still haven't heard about his option. I do think he will hit free agency, though. I do think Jordan Clarkson is has a lot of left in the tank. It's just fit now. I don't know where he goes. Utah, I could possibly see him staying in Utah just for the simple fact that they need someone to score. Obviously, they... Just traded for John Collins. They have Taylor Hendricks. They have Laurie Markinen and Walker Kessler. That front court is beyond packed. Now you're looking at your backcourt and you need some depth to it. So Jordan Clarkson can really step in. But then you got to wonder. I'm pretty sure Jordan Clarkson wants to win a championship. And he's already in his 30s. He's going to want to win. And But then you question what team has cap space that's a winning team. So you just wonder about that. Next is Josh Hart. Now, they also extended his deadline. Wode reported it was actually a couple days ago, but they extended it to this Thursday. 
So he has until Thursday to decide whether to opt out of his player option or opt in. Now, I do think Hart is another one that's a little confusing. I think he wants to stay in New York, but I think it's just about the money for him at this point. He loved New York when he got traded there, went to the second round. That was really good for the Knicks, and I think he was a real culture setter right there. He loves playing with Jalen Brunson. He really fits. He's a real Tom Thibodeau type of guy, just plays defense and can play 40 minutes a night. He doesn't care. So I think Josh Hart will end up re-upping with the Knicks. I think it'll be a multi-year deal. I don't think he opts in. I think he eventually opts out. I think he's going to care about more of his bread than other times because I feel like his last free agency was a little tough. He was one of the last guys signed. It was a non-guaranteed deal. The Pelicans were kind of even hesitant to give him that contract. So I feel like now he gets his big payday in the NBA and gets that contract he deserves. Next is Bruce Brown. This is a guy who they really wanted him to stay in Denver, but I do think Bruce Brown goes for a payday. I think it's the typical role player helped you win a championship and now wants to go get his bread, and I think that's completely okay. Now, teams that can be in the running for him, I think Houston is a good landing spot. Houston, I think the Spurs, any team with cap space, really, because they're young teams that need a guy like Bruce Brown that can just come in, be a culture setter. Now he's won a championship, so he really came from nothing, and he just wants to instill that into these other newer players, and I think that Bruce Brown is definitely on his way out of Denver. I wouldn't be surprised if I see him re-up with Denver, but then again, we see always NBA championships and we see certain role players that helped so much end up leaving in free agency just because they just feel like it's their best time to get a contract. Next is Dante DiVincenzo. It was actually reported today that he opted out of his contract, so he will become an unrestricted free agent. Now, this is a guy whose value can be anywhere from the taxpayer mid-level, which is $5 million, to the full mid-level, which is 10 to $12 million. I think Dante is a great piece. I think he only left Golden State because he knows that Golden State cannot give him that much money. And I don't think he wanted to play. I think he went there last year with the intent to win a championship this year, and they fell short. Lost in the second round to the Los Angeles Lakers. I think he wants to go somewhere where he has a more defined role, maybe the best guard coming off the bench. I feel like maybe he would took offense a little bit that Jordan Poole was playing so poorly and he was still not the first guard off the bench at times. I feel like maybe he wants that type of role and maybe he just wants to secure long-term money. So I, I really don't know who can get him, but whoever does is getting a really nice hard-nosed defender. There's rumors that he would want to go to New York to play with Josh Hart, Jalen Brunson, guys that went to Villanova also. And I mean, I love the fit there too. I think that's a Really good trio of Brunson, Dante, and Jay Hart. I think those are three guys play defense. They never give up. They can play the full 48 minutes and rebound, assist, steal, and score high volume three-pointers all at the same level. So I, I really like that fit over there in New York. I could see Dante going over there. So some restricted free agents, as I mentioned. Restricted free agency is essentially teams can sign these players onto deals, and then their respective team has 48 hours to match that said contract, if the team decides to match that contract, that restricted free agent is forced to sign with the team that matched the contract. It's a really tough situation, but a lot of games go around restricted free agency. A lot of times guys just go get a deal from another team just to put pressure on their own front office to really just say like, hey, I got this big contract offer. I'm going to need you guys to match this for me, please. And that's exactly what I think is going to happen to the top restricted free agent, Austin Reeves. I think Austin Reeves, a lot of people like to bounce back between Austin Reeves and Cameron Johnson. 
I think Austin Reeves, his playoffs really separated him. I think that's why you're hearing reports that he can even get an offer sheet up to $100 million. Now, do I think paying Austin Reeves $100 million is the best move? Maybe not, but I do think that L.A. will match any offer sheet that they get. And I think that Austin is in a position of power. He is in an extremely likable market. The fan base of L.A. loves him. I think he is a universally liked player in the NBA. That's why so many teams are trying to go after him. And I do think ultimately he ends back with L.A., but I do think it can get a little tricky because I do think someone will throw a pretty big bag at Austin. Another thing to note about Reeves' situation is because he was an undrafted player, there's something called an arenas provision. Now, the Gilbert Arenas provision was essentially for teams that got undrafted players essentially to not be tapped out when it comes to paying them their next contract after the first contract they signed. So essentially, I'm going to break this down to y'all. If they offer Austin a four-year let's say $90 million contract. The Spurs offer him that because that's a team that's been reportedly interested. They say they offer him four years, 90. For the Spurs, it would be $22 million a year. And it would obviously go up gradually. So it'd start at 22 and then go up a bit, but ultimately ending at 90. For the Lakers, if they were to match that contract, it'd be a little different. So it would be the first two years of that contract would be 125 So 12.5 for the first two years. And then the rest of that contract would essentially, those last three or four years of the contract, the rest of the 90 million would kick in. So the hard cap for the Lakers for years one and two of a Reeves contract would be 12 million. After that, the rest of the money that's signed on that contract will be aggregated to years three and four. So he can essentially go from getting 12 million to getting upwards of 25 million in year three and four just so it can balance out what he's due. That's kind of the only player I can think of, this free agency, that's going through something like that. But that's another reason why I think he lands back in L.A. I think L.A. has done a really good job of clearing their cap space for I have no idea why they're doing that, but they've really structured their contract so that next summer they could have a lot of money. And I do think that Austin has proved that he's a long-term fit with them. So even then, that 12.5 for just this year and next year will do wonders for them, and I think they'll sign him to that. Next is Cameron Johnson, a guy who almost every NBA team wants. He's a wing, a big wing that shoots almost 40% from three. I think damn near 40% from three, and I think he's just a fit wherever you plug him in. You can probably put him in any NBA team, and he has a role there. He's probably playing 25 minutes plus a night, and I think Cameron Johnson, he's also a restricted free agent. I think it would be Brooklyn's mistake to not match almost any offer sheet from him. Next is Rui Hachimura. Now, he had a tremendous playoffs. Regular season, bit ups, a bit downs. He shot the ball terrible and stretches. But during the playoffs, man, he was at times the Lakers' third or fourth best player on the floor. He was punishing Golden State in the series. He was punishing Memphis in the series. He was really, really good. And I do think that Rui will end up re-signing with L.A. as well. I do think L.A. has a certain number that they don't want to reach. I think if he gets an offer sheet of upwards of $20 million, I think L.A. really looks at that. And they ask themselves, is this someone we want to invest $20 million in? That's a real question. But I do think that Rui ends up ultimately staying back in L.A. Next is P.J. Washington. This is a guy who I have no idea what his market is. I just love the fit of him in, of him in Charlotte. I think just him staying in Charlotte is probably the best move. Next, we got a couple guys like Trey Jones, Kobe White, Grant Williams, 
Cam Reddish, Jock Landale, Ayo DeSomnu, Jackson Hayes. Now, these are all guys that they're good on their respective teams, but I would not be surprised if they pull a Lonnie Walker or a Malik Monk or a Bruce Brown where they sign a one-year contract, a prove-it deal, and then they hit free agency next year as an unrestricted free agent, and they end up getting way more than they would have gotten this free agency. I think those last couple guys that I mentioned will be signing one-year deals just to kind of see what their market holds, really ball out this year, and then next year hit free agency. A guy that I think could possibly on the move, I think, is Grant Williams. I think now it's really crowded over there in Boston. They just acquired Chris Stops. I feel like there's no really room for Grant Williams anymore. I think Grant Williams can go to a team like the Pacers have been interested, Dallas Mavericks have been interested, and just a bunch of teams that need a wing, and I think Grant Williams kind of fits that mold for certain teams. Next, these are the outright unrestricted free agents. Now, this is the group of players that is more fun because these guys can just sign wherever they want and their respective teams cannot have any control of these type of players. They can just leave. Number one on the list, top two in this class of free agency, Kyrie Irving. I think Kyrie is a tricky, tricky situation. I think Dallas saw what happened when you didn't pay one of their top two stars in Jalen Brunson last year. So I think they're going to pay Kyrie, whether that's willingly or reluctantly, I think that's a completely different story. I think Kyrie's going to push for that five years. I also wouldn't pass Kyrie, put it past Kyrie to sign with X team for X amount of money that he's definitely not worth. I think Kyrie is a great player. I think when he's locked in, he is one of the top point guards in the NBA. Um, you just really worry about his commitment level at times. Obviously, you respect him and whatever he decides to do. Yeah, if you're his team, you should stand by that because you know that's what comes with it. But, you know, committing five years, $250 million, Dallas would be, it's a really tough situation. But I do end up thinking he stays in Dallas. I just don't see any suitors. I don't see no sign in trades anywhere. I think Dallas really learned from their lesson in Jalen Brunson and will bring back Kyrie. Next is Brooke Lopez. Now, this is a guy who... I think because they're going to pay Middleton and it doesn't look like they're making any other moves unless we get a Woj bomb between now and Thursday night. I think Brooke Lopez is the odd man out over there in Milwaukee, which is really sad to see because he had a resurgence type of year. He averaged almost a really good amount of points. I want to say 10 to 15 points per game. He averaged a lot of blocks. He was in the depoy running, defensive player of the year running. And I think that any team that's getting him is getting a floor spacing big that can block a ton of shots. You worry about the age, but I think Brooke Lopez at this point in his career, because of how good he had that last year, I think he's looking for money at this point. Just because of how well he played, you really do question like, oh, well, maybe he can go to X team and for this low amount of money, I think he's going for whoever gives him the most money. And I think that could be a team like Houston. I think Houston could really use a guy like Brooke Lopez. Now you question if him and Shangun can work, but I mean, I think Brooke at this point, if he just takes the money, I don't even think he'll mind a bench roll, if that makes any sense. Next is D'Angelo Russell. Now, a lot of people like to pile on D'Angelo Russell because he played really poorly in the Western Conference Finals. But a really thing that we need to see here is D'Angelo Russell was a key part as to why the Lakers made the postseason this year. He shot damn near 40% from three, really good assist numbers. He was making a ton of threes per game. He was a really good attitude all year long. 
He was involving guys in the offense. He was asking coaches ways he can improve. And obviously he hit a wall when you don't really want him to hit a wall. But at that point, you just take what you can and don't get upset. Now, I do think he ends up back in L.A. I do think his contract length, though, will be a little different. I think because he knows that the NBA world is overreacting to his stats, and I think he knows that LA wants to save as much cap space for the upcoming years, I think it'll be a two- to three-year max deal. I don't think it'll be a four-year, and I do think the number will be around 15 to $20 million. I don't think he'll get an upwards of 20 to $25 million contract. He's definitely not getting 30 so now you question, is it a two-year, $30 million deal? Is it a two-year, $40 million deal with an option in the next year? Just a prove-it deal for D'Angelo, uh, for him to show that he can be a winning player on a winning organization. And I think he really wants to stay in L.A. And I think L.A. would be happy to have him return at the right price. Next is Christian Wood. This is a guy who's for sure moving on. He's been told by Dallas management he's not being brought back. He's told Dallas management he doesn't want to be back. I think Christian Wood is a phenomenal talent. I just think that for the right price he is. If you pay him more than $15 million, you really question if he's really a good talent. If you can get him for your mid-level exception, that's tremendous talent. A floor spacing 6'9", 6'10", big that can make three-pointers at the rate that he can, it's, it's good value. So then you do question his defensive ability. That's why Dallas really didn't play him on the floor. But if you compare him next to a defensive-esque team, you can kind of hide him. And I do think for moments in big games, he does step up defensively. He does grab rebounds. And I think with the right coach and the right system, he can definitely be still a productive player. Nevertheless, this is a guy who I do expect to hit free agency next year, though, as a as an unrestricted free agent, just because I think there's not going to be any long-term money for him this year. Next, we're going to do a quick round of these guys. We got Russell Westbrook, Nikola Vucevic, Jakob Pertl, Harrison Barnes, Jeremy Grant, and Gabe Vincent. Now, to do a rapid fire as we're doing, Russell Westbrook, I think, ends up with the Clippers. I think he's going to look for money, but I think there's just so much limited money. I don't think he's worth the mid-level exception, even though he had a phenomenal playoffs. I don't think he's worth the mid-level exception, but I do not think he's worth the minimum anymore. I think he is worth somewhere in between that taxpayer mid-level, which is around five to six million. I think that's a good starting point for Russell Westbrook. Now, do I think any team would offer him that? I think they would offer him that. But as I mentioned, with the new CBA, not a lot of teams have five to seven million just to hand out to anybody. So I do think he ends up back in L.A. And I think next year he'll be a free agent again and he can probably move to somewhere where the money is more lucrative. Next is Nikola Vucevic. Everything we've heard, he's going to resign with Chicago I don't know what direction Chicago, just like the Toronto Raptors, are going in. But nevertheless, he's a good player. He gives you around 15 to 20 points per game with seven rebounds and a couple threes made. I think he's a good player, but I think he's over there in La La Land, over there in Chicago. Next, we got Jakob Pertl, another guy that all signs point towards him returning to the Toronto Raptors. They traded for him at the deadline. They gave up assets for him at the deadline. I think they'll do everything in their power to make sure he comes back to that roster. Harrison Barnes is a guy that can really shake up a team's future. I think he is a proven 3 and D wing. I think he's headed towards the twilight of his career. He's in his mid-30s, but I do think he still has one more push left in the tank. And I think on any contending team, he is their three. I think he's just that good, and I think Harrison Barnes will be a real difference maker. Next is Jeremy Grant. Now, 
if Dame sees that the Portland Trailblazers are not getting anyone in free agency and their best move is to re-sign Jeremy Grant, I think Dame asks out, which then I think Jeremy Grant gets moved. I think he can possibly sign a deal with them. But then again, I also think Jeremy Grant is going to go wherever he gets the most money. He's done that before. He left Denver and went to Detroit to be the number one option. Jeremy Grant should be a player that can seamlessly fit in anyone's roster, but it seems that he puts his selfish needs over the team. And I think it's it has to be said. He's reportedly not wanted to be traded to certain contenders because he wants the ball in his hands. I think it's great to believe in yourself and to be, you want to be that number two guy. You want to be the number three guy. But, I mean, you were the number two guy in Portland last year and you guys didn't make the play-in tournament. I think you really got to take a real hard look at yourself and see where you can help contend. But I do think Jeremy Graham will end up taking whoever offers him the most money and whoever offers him the more length of his contract. And then he'll work out where he goes after that, whether he asks for a trade a year from now or not. And then that's kind of a wrap on free agency. Obviously, there's going to be a ton of guys that are certain free agents that I didn't even get to talk about in this video. We got like Gabe Vincent, Dennis Schroeder, Mason Plumley. We have Darius Baisley. We have Danilo, Andre, Derek Jones Jr., Javon Carter, just opted out of his player option. Now, I do think that free agency is a fun time. So I really hope you guys remember to follow me on the socials, on the Instagram, at the underscore first pick pod, the Twitter, capital T, first pick pod. Remember, follow me on those platforms. I'm going to be posting on Instagram, polls, so you guys can interact with those, like, comment, whatever you guys got to do, share the Instagram with your friends. And then on Twitter, do the same thing. Hit the follow button watch the tweets that i'm gonna put out i'll put out polls make sure to hit that follow button again i'm sorry if i'm sounding like a broken record but it would really mean a lot to me if you guys do hit those next remember you can hear this episode and previous episodes on apple Podcasts, spotify youtube and soundcloud please remember that give this podcast a five-star rating make sure you add that subscribe to your guys's wherever you guys listen to podcasts and remember to share it with a friend if they're an NBA junkie or if they're getting into the NBA. I hope to provide a, a real nice listen to you guys. But anyway, thank you guys so much for tuning in to a special back-to-back -back episode of NBA Free Agency. Remember, make sure to have post notifications on just because of free agency. And then in the next couple of weeks after free agency, we're going to start hitting with Summer League. I will be at Summer League. I'll be getting content for you guys and it's going to be a really fun time over there. So I hope you guys are tuned into that specifically. Anyway, I really do appreciate you guys giving me a listen. Peace.